When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 102. This is the tough stuff. This is the stuff no one's really talking about or really addresses enough, I feel, when it comes to decluttering. So I'm going to kind of take you on a personal journey. Hopefully, somebody out there, this kind of resonates with you. I know it does because I I get your guys' feedback. And um, yeah, I just want to kind of give you some hope, some guidance, some tips on how to overcome some of these challenges when it comes to decluttering. But first, I'm going to ask a huge favor of you all. It'll just take a minute. Do me a favor in just a minute, and I'll tell you when to. I just want you to hit pause on this episode. I want you to go to the show notes. So this is the little description of what the this episode is about. I usually just put a little blurb in there. I know a lot of podcasters are much better at this. They have like show notes and links. I usually only have two links in my podcast notes. The first one that I want you to click on is buy me a coffee. Don't panic. I promise you. I'm not like I just want you to to kind of see what I'm talking about because what I'm really liking about Buy Me a Coffee is that this is sort of um, similar to Patreon. So if you follow other YouTubers or podcasters, you know that a lot of times they have like one level of content they'll put out there for free. And then you, if you want to dive a little bit deeper or get a little bit more, you can join like a, a member only or pay a little bit to have your podcast or your YouTube channel ad free or, or whatever. So anyway, definitely similar to Patreon. So what I liked about Buy Me a Coffee was that it was kind of felt very like all in one. I could do the membership levels, but I could also go in and do posts. So just like I would do a post on Facebook or Instagram, um, I really kind of stepped away from Instagram. I'll tell you why. It feels like a time suck to me. I can't get away from that. I wish I was a little better. Um, I It's just really hard to kind of dive in there because it's, it's just a lot of time. It feels very time consuming. And I would rather use my time really kind of feeding into my listeners. And so um, anyway, what I liked about Buy Me A Coffee is that it sort of has that social media aspect to it where you can just read posts, you can follow. um, And then if you just want to be a supporter and quote unquote, buy me a coffee, that would be fabulous. And uh, the whole intent behind that is eventually I'd love to make this podcast completely ad free and really just focus on my listeners and build more of a community. I know there's a lot of content out there, right? And I think sometimes what we're yearning for is a little bit more connection and to be a part of a community. So 
What I've done with Buy Me a Coffee is I've created a membership level. And there's three different levels. The pink level is the least expensive. It's $9 a month. And with that, you get an invitation to the One Organized Mama member-only Facebook group. So I'm still kind of building that. And then each month we'll have a topic. So for this month, for the month of February, it's all about decluttering. And there'll, there will be like a PDF, like a guide, or sometimes it'll be like a cheat sheet. And you'll get that for the $9 a month membership. But, and also, like I said, to join the Facebook group. And what I eventually hope to do in the Facebook group is have, you know, people from all walks of life, um, other professional organizers maybe that you can connect with and really kind of create a sense of community. Now, it has to be member only. And the reason why is because I really want to keep the integrity of the group. So this is not a public group. You can't find it on any search. Um, or if you can, you can't just join it. Because again, I've had a lot of experience running Facebook groups. And I just think the only ones that really, really work are the ones <clears throat> where there's an understanding and there's a vetting process. And so that's really what I want to create. So I will go through and do kind of a sweep once a month. And if somebody is no longer a member, then they'll be removed from the group. So again, all with the intent to keep the integrity of the group and to just have a protective little community. Um, I've loved the fact that I've been able to connect different listeners together through some of the coaching stuff I've done in the past and, you know, watch some of my um, wonderful listeners just really grow and expand in their own ways. So I definitely want to do more of that. So again, pink level, $9, you get the PDF and the Facebook group. If you want a little bit more, then I have the green level and it's $49 a month. You still get the PDF. You still get the Facebook group invite. And I am doing a weekly Zoom. So these are kind of like Zoom coaching on whatever the monthly topic is. So again, for February right now, we're doing decluttering. So I will be posting probably later today um, the... Uh, the decluttering guy, the, the Zoom schedule, sorry, for the month of February. So just go back, check, and you'll see. So at the green level, $49, you can jump into any one of those Zooms. So you'll get the choice of one group Zoom a month. Go in, jump in, um, maybe again, meet some other members, um, some listeners, and get your opportunity to ask me your questions. You know, well, it'll be sort of a, a, a back and forth. So for instance, for this one, we're going to, I have a declutter guide that I just sent back to a graphic designer. So get it kind of a refresh. We'll be going over that. And it's your opportunity to say, hey, I have a question about this, or how does this work? Um, you know, to sort of get inspired for challenges. And again, so the different schedule will be on the on a post in the Buy Me a Coffee on the, the post page. Now, if you're like, hey, I really want to deep dive and jump in, I do have the Red Level membership. That's $249 a month. You'll get the Facebook group, the PDF. You will get an invitation to all four group Zooms. So you can join a Zoom every single week. And I will do a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with you once a month. And this coaching session can be 
anything that you want. So if you decide to join that level, then I will send you a link and we'll get it scheduled. And whether it be decluttering or whatever challenge that you're going through, you'll have a one-on-one session with me. So anyway, if you go to the Buy Me A Coffee, you're going to see the different membership levels. Perhaps you'll want to do that. Or perhaps you just want to say, hey, I support you as a content creator and podcaster. Here is a coffee. Um, So again, push pause, go over, just check it out. Just see what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about and then come back to the episode. So I'll go ahead and get started. Okay. So in this episode, I have to say, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to be more topical a little bit more, but not so much where it just becomes completely redundant. So I, I mean, obviously I've talked a lot about decluttering in the past. I've given very, um, uh, a lot of different examples about my own personal journey, about working with clients uh, as my eight years as a professional organizer. And um, as I was kind of putting together this episode, the original intention of this episode was going to be all about like the benefits of decluttering. And, and I know I've kind of done that before. So I was like looking for just a little bit of a different spin. So as I was doing my notes for this and I was doing some um, uh, practice Zooms, so thank you. I kind of, I've been beta testing this whole membership thing, buy me a coffee. So thank you to those. I had some uh, past coaching clients that jumped in and helped me do some beta testing with, uh, with some of the Zoom calls. But as I was sort of putting this together, something just kind of kept popping up to me and I decided on a different direction for this podcast episode. Um. One of the things that I feel like that is not maybe addressed enough when it comes to organization is the emphasis on decluttering and how important it is to declutter a space. I remember being a brand new professional organizer, jumping in and not emphasizing this enough to my clients. And a lot of times those were the calls of the clients that I didn't get a second session with or you know, I never heard from again. And I can see why, because like I said, this is this is a process. And just decluttering is not organizing. Organizing is a system, in my opinion, of system of implementing like system, I mean, um, habits and tools into your life. And if you want to hear a little bit more about that, feel free to go back, listen to some episodes that I talk about implementing an organization system in your house. But part of that system is a four-step process. The very first step in that process is all about decluttering. So decluttering and sorting, going through this sorting process. And like I said, sometimes I feel like this is just like kind of glossed over. And I, I think part of the reason why is because decluttering is not that difficult for everyone. And what I have found kind of looking back and as I was kind of doing some brainstorming notes for this episode, what was really kind of jumping out at me was there is a segment of the human population that really does struggle with this. And when you struggle with decluttering, unfortunately, there's a lot of shame associated with it. So those of us who are sort of in this industry, the professional organizing world, 
We sometimes forget how difficult decluttering, the process of decluttering can be for our clients, for our listeners, our followers, because it's easy for us. And so I decided to go back and I was like, is this, has this always been easy for me? And I'm like, no, actually it hasn't. So I just wanted to kind of share with you kind of a personal journey on this and maybe it'll resonate with some of you and then give you some tips, just some things on and just emphasize things that you've maybe heard me say before that will help you through this process. I will tell you this, I promise you that if you just really take to heart some of these um, tips, they actually do work. I've literally worked with hundreds of clients. I saw this time and time again. And when they could take some of these guidelines and these tips that I offered and oftentimes making them their own, which I encourage you to do as well, it did sort of help them through the process of decluttering. So I'm going to talk just a minute about my own personal journey with decluttering. I had lunch with a friend the other day um, and she, we were talking kind of about this and she didn't know I had a professional organizing business back in Vegas. So I was telling her about that and she's like, yeah, you strike me as a very organized person, which, which is a compliment. I'm like, well, thank you. And I always emphasize, I was like, my home is not perfect. She, This is a new friend, a new friendship that we're developing. And so I'm, I always get nervous that people are going to walk in my home and expect it to look like, you know, the container store on steroids or something. And, and, and I have had that experience. I have, um, you know, those wonderful frenemies sometimes that have come over. And if something is untidy, messy, they've liked to point it out to me. So it's just something that I'm a little like, eh. So I always have to preface that. I'm like, my house is actually very normal. It is neat. It is organized. We don't have a lot of junk or clutter or anything like that around, but it's actually a very normal home. And I want it to be normal because my family deserves, and I deserve to live in a normal home, not a curated, perfectly appointed home. So just just so you all know. Um, but again, kind of going back my journey, I was like, where was the seed planted? Like I didn't, as a kid, I mean, there was no such thing as a professional organizer, at least not in my world. And so I was like, where was the seed planted? And so when I was married before, I was a military spouse. And I, when I kind of look back at my own journey, I remember one specific moment. And it was when I was going through my divorce. So just kind of give you guys just a quick little timeline, because I know if you've been a military spouse, or you've been in a similar situation, this this kind of happens to you in life. But I, um, after high school, I ran off and got married at 18, became a mom at 19. So we moved, for some reason, we moved a little bit more than the average military family. And part of the reason was just where my ex was in his career. So he was sort of in that building phase of his career. So we, uh, so I went from Bremerton, Washington. And then while he went off to do some training, I went back home to Albuquerque, New Mexico. So we were in Bremerton for one year, left Bremerton with a two-month-old, I moved in with my in-laws for nine months uh, while my ex was doing some training. He was in the Navy at the time. And then the military moved us to San Diego. And then we were 
there. We were in San Diego, I think about two years um, before moving to Hawaii. Uh, We were in Hawaii for about two and a half years. And then my ex uh, went, decided to get a commissioning with the Air Force. So then he had more training to do. And so um, my oldest, who was five at the time, we went to Las Vegas, Nevada, because that's where my mom was. Well, my ex did completed some military training, and then we went to Edwards Air Force Base for two more years, Guam for two more years, and then Scott Air Force Base, Illinois for two more years, I believe. But in Guam and San Diego, even though we were only there two, two and a half years, both of those places we did two moves. So a lot of times you have to wait for base housing to open up, or at least that's how it was back then. So in about eight years, I think I had counted roughly 13 moves. I forgot, or excuse me, in 13 years, I said that backwards, it was roughly eight moves. So we moved a lot. And so when we decided to get divorced, when we lived in Illinois, I moved back to Las Vegas, and this was in December of 2007, and I I lived with my grandma. The kids and I moved in with my grandma and aunt, which was a lot of fun. They had this big, giant house. My, my other aunt had just moved out, and she's like, hey, do you and the kids want to move in here while you figure things out? And I was like, sure. And so that was actually a really fun time. So we lived uh, with my grandma and aunt for a short period of time. And then we moved, and then I got an apartment. So I got a two bedroom apartment. I didn't have a lot of money back then. I was just starting out my career because I'd been, you know, a military spouse and moved constantly. And so I never had time to really kind of build uh, a career for myself. And so I, you know, got a two bedroom apartment. I was, had a, a decent job that I was working and that's what I could afford at the time. And I remember when they dropped off, the movers came, they dropped off all of our stuff. And it completely, all of these boxes swallowed up my little two-bedroom apartment with the kids. And then I'm going through the emotional stuff of a divorce and the emotional stuff of walking my children through a divorce. And I, I mean, it was one of the most difficult seasons of my entire life, incredibly emotional. And so I remember, I mean, I was working full time and thankfully had a lot of family support there. I had a lot of family that was living in Las Vegas at the time. So I kind of was like, okay, I, I here is what I have and I just need to deal with it. So when you do that many moves and you know you're in a place for a short period of time, a lot of times you don't unpack every box. I know that from where I'm currently at, my husband, that we moved across country we have a home that we're renting and we didn't unpack everything. We're like, meh, you know, this is, we're paying an extraordinary amount in rent. And so we're actually looking to buy something and we've, we're doing some, you know, research and figuring out where our more permanent home and base is going to be because we know it's not where we're currently at. So we haven't unpacked everything and that's what tends to happen. But when you are in the military, a lot of times it's that, that amount of movement, it has this exponential growth on the stuff that you're carrying around. 
And so when I looked at the amount of boxes that I had, I mean, stuff that I hadn't opened or addressed since, you know, uh, you know, my kids were babies. My son at the time was a freshman in high school and I had boxes that we had carried around since he was a baby, probably from like, you know, the, the Bremerton San Diego days. And, you know, and you can tell by the different, the military movers put these colored stickers on the different boxes. And some of them had like multiple amount of stickers on them, um, like a rainbow of stickers from all of the different moves. And so again, here I am, I'm going through a divorce. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my bills. I have two precious children that need me emotionally. Uh, their dad was serving in Afghanistan at the time. So we're, I mean, we're just compounded with the amount of emotional stuff on, you know, our shoulders and mine, especially as the mom. So I remember going through that process of just saying, you know what, I'm just going to unpack one box at a time. So when I get home from work, you know, instead of watching TV, instead of filling my life with distractions, there is no way I can, the kids and I can live in this apartment with wall-to-wall boxes. So I have to address them. So I just made a goal to do one box at a time. So one box a day. Um, and I would go through and it was very difficult because a lot of that stuff was uh, just bringing up memories. Uh, there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of emotion as I would unpack stuff, you know, and I had this sort of fear of like, oh my gosh, I've held on to this for so long and I just don't want to give it away. I'm not ready yet. Um, there was some stuff that I was happy to get rid of. And you know, I was also faced with limitations on space, you know, so I would kind of go through the process of having stuff that I wanted to keep. But then I was like, where on earth am I going to put this? I had no idea how long um, it was going to be before I could afford to get a, a larger place for the kids and I. And, you know, and there's also shame, you know, having to go from, you know, we had a good life in the military. My kids had their own bedrooms to where I'm having a high schooler and elementary kid share a bedroom together. My daughter was like pretty much sleeping. So I was also sharing. So my little one, she was going between like, you know, sleeping with her mom and then having her stuff in her brother's room. And it just, there was a lot of shame associated with that. So you know, I had to get creative. We had to have some, you know, humor about some of the stuff that was going on. And we went through the process. And, you know, I had to help the kids through the process of getting rid of stuff. They didn't want to get rid of a lot of stuff. A lot of change had happened in their lives. And I had to be very sensitive to all of that as well. But I will tell you, I just continued on. I just made, again, a goal for myself to go through one box at a time. And eventually, every box that I went through, I was able to break it down. And as I got into this pattern of, of clearing out these boxes from, from my um, apartment, and I started putting stuff away. And for some, you know, when something so random was just imprinted on your brain, and when you think back to that time, it stands out. And this is the silliest thing ever, but I remember having, um, walking by this cabinet that I had and I had candles stored in there. And I was like, that's my candle storage place. And I love candles. Um, and so I just, it always smelled really good every time I walked past it. 
But I just love the fact that like I had a place where when I wanted to bring out a, a nice candle and light it, I knew where all the candles were. I didn't have to like dig through a bunch of stuff. And so and then when I would go out and I would treat myself and get a little candle, I knew where to put the candle away. And that when I was doing the outline for this episode, that really, really jumped out at me. And I was like, that, that is where the seed was planted. And so there was something about that moment where I was like, I lo- even though we're in this tiny little space, the kids and I, it's working. It's the kids are okay. Um, I, you know, I, I was proud of the space. It was kind of filled with a mishmash of furniture. And, you know, my mom had to help me uh, buy a mattress because I didn't have a mattress and I didn't have the money to, to buy one. So my mom helped me with that. And there was this sense of pride that I was kind of doing this on my own. And, um, and that meant a lot to me. And it, and again, it had a lot to do with actually going through those boxes and going through that process of just kind of dealing with a lot of that stuff. So once the last box was done, I was immensely, immensely proud of myself. And I just remember that apartment so vividly. I can actually remember like the scents, the smells from it. If I, I mean, it really takes me back. And I was really, really proud of the little pantry, of the little space above where my computer was, of that cabinet with the candles, um, of the fact that we made it work with the kiddos. Like I was trying to give my teenager as much space as possible without his little sister completely invading everything. And, and you know, she had fun being able to share a space with her mom too. And looking back on that, which was a very difficult season for all of us, the process of going through that, I will say it was not easy. It, it took a bit of time, um, but it's definitely one of those things that I feel like, again, kind of set the stage for some of the next chapters in my life. And so with that, I just wanted to walk through a few things with you if this is something that is resonating with you. Now, disclaimer disclaimer out there, I am not in any way, shape, or form even close to anyone who's qualified to be giving professional advice or mental health advice or anything. I am simply sharing my own story, my own journey, and sharing things that I experienced working as a professional organizer with clients who could relate to my situation and or I could relate to theirs. So I'm not giving any kind of professional advice in any way, shape, or form. But I just want to share with you exactly how I kind of walked through this journey myself and how I helped some of my clients just kind of take the, those steps in their own journey. So first and foremost, it's important to understand that decluttering is an emotional process. And again, I feel like this is the part that's not emphasized enough. Like decluttering is really, really hard for a lot of people. And even those of us who've gotten to the point where we we can do it much more easy, I still struggle sometimes with different spaces or areas. It still takes me a little extra time to focus on a project from time to time. So it's not easy for everybody. In fact, there are a lot of people out there who really, really struggle with this. That is normal. I would honestly say um, 
that those of us who enjoy decluttering and really like it, we're kind of, we tend to be like not the norm. Um, and again, this is from my experience of working with clients in, in the professional organizing industry. Decluttering's not just something that's easy and comes to everybody. And again, definitely an emotional process. And anytime we're faced with an emotional process, it makes us uncomfortable. It has a release of emotions. There are a lot of triggers. And as I was going through those boxes, that was definitely something that I was experiencing. A lot of triggers. There were definitely a lot of tears. There was there were a lot of nostalgic moments, especially with the the baby stuff and you know, all of the different places that we had traveled to and collected along the way. Like it was my whole life up until that point for the most part. I mean, when you get married at 18 and you find yourself 31 and going through a divorce, I mean, that's that's like your whole life. And so, yeah, I, I was like, what, you know, this is all I know is this life that, that, you know, my ex and I had built together. And there were a lot of wonderful moments too. That was kind of the sad thing. I think anyone who's been through a divorce realizes like, you did love that person at some point, And there were a lot of good times, a lot of wonderful memories. Um, you were building a life together. And so that was hard to go back and, and see stuff from, you know, remnants from our happier times together. So again, there you just as long as I feel like you just acknowledge, hey, this is this is this is an emotional process. It is what it is. Like, I think Again, helping clients, I would just let them know, like a lot of times, again, as we would start decluttering project together, there would be tears. Very, very common. And I was like, hey, you're, you're completely normal. So if you struggle with the emotional process of decluttering, I'm here to tell you that is normal. It happens to all of us, uh, or most of us, a lot of us. Um, it's a very, very, very normal thing. It's normal to be triggered. It's normal to, to have some of the t- tears. Um, and it's also normal to have a release of emotions. You know, that was something that, again, uh, going through those boxes, there were times where I was cracking up at something. Times I was like, oh, you know, making me angry. <laughs> um, again, tears, all of it. The whole spectrum of human emotion was coming out when I was opening those boxes. So some of the things that can be super helpful when you are experiencing this, when you're experiencing a decluttering project that is triggering a lot of emotional response, I want you to just do this. First and foremost, I just want you to do one tiny space at a time. And that's why I focused on one box at a time. And I wouldn't allow myself to start on the next box until I really dealt with the contents of the current box. So did this happen in the matter of weeks or months? No. This I was in that apartment for about two years, and it probably took me almost the entire two years to go through these boxes. So again, I forced myself to go through and de- open it, deal with it. So it was either declutter, sometimes it was garbage. Um, sometimes I was like, ooh, I've been looking for that. And I went to go put it away. Again, creating a space for every item in my ho- home. I had extremely limited space with three people living in a two-bedroom apartment. And so it was imperative that I create created a home. And I had 
another thing is being a military spouse, maybe a lot of people don't realize when you are moved as often as we were and like the military is just like, here's your home. Sometimes we had to go to a uh, like a like that almost like a one bedroom studio thing for a summer. Like if there was my ex had to go to some training for like a summer. And so, you know, we went with him as a family and they would just provide you pretty much with like a studio apartment. And so you had to get really creative on how to organize. So I kind of had built that as a military spouse anyway of getting creative with small spaces. Um, And sometimes, like I said, I mean, and I'm coming back from the days where like military housing was like cinder blocks. Like I've lived in my fair share of homes with cinder block walls. And so again, getting creative, kind of tapping back into that and saying, you know, I I like this. Instead of putting this back in a dusty box or bin, let me honor this. Let me display this. Let me wear this. Let me use this. And really kind of having some fun with those contents. But again, it was important not to open the other boxes until the contents of this box were dealt with. And so that meant taking out the garbage. It meant taking the donations to a donation site And it meant the stuff that was keep did not go into a pile anywhere. I had no room for piles in that place. So I had to deal with it. I had to put it away um, and create a home for it. And I did that. And then once that was dealt with, I could go on to the next box. So I encourage you to do the same. So whether it be one shelf at a time, one cabinet at a time, one section of your closet at a time or one box at a time, one bin at a time, one drawer at a time. Are you guys getting it? Just focus with that. And when you do that, when you just handle one small space at a time, something really kind of magical starts to happen. You start to feel accomplished. You feel like you've done something. And that was something that really kind of helped me through that process. When I walked into that little apartment, I liked the fact that like those boxes were disappearing. Eventually, we could sit at the table and have dinner at our little dining table that my aunt gave me as a hand-me-down. The kids and I, it only had three chairs. So again, I was like, this is like a sign from the universe. Um, So anyway, she, something that she was going to like donate. And I was like, Ooh, I'll take it. I don't have a dining table. And so just had three little chairs, this little round table, and we could eventually have dinner there. And as a little family and, you know, I actually had a little dining space um, where I could make dinner for the kids and we could eat together and stuff. So just those little accomplishments of like, Oh, look, I actually have space to, to put this in there. So giving yourself a pat on the back for these little accomplishments. Um, and, oh, I have here, <clears throat> handle your piles. Okay, this needs to be emphasized more than anything because I have it as a little extra thing. This happened a lot when I was working with clients. Handle your piles. Like we just call them piles, like a keep, a donate, trash, uh, shred, whatever your piles are that you delineate when you are starting a decluttering project, handle them right away, immediately. Do not leave your piles. Piles have a way of A, attracting more clutter, or B, 
making their way back into your space. So if you have a declutter pile or donation pile and you don't immediately take it out, those items will make their way back into your home or worse yet, they um, attract more clutter and you're, you don't even know where that clutter came from. I promise you it happens. Deal with your piles immediately. All right. Walk away. Use your timer and walk away. If you're still feeling super overwhelmed or if you're like, eh, I don't really, I can't really do a small space like a closet. Sometimes a closet can feel overwhelming. Use a timer. Do not go beyond 20 minutes, period. You guys have heard me say it a bazillion times. 20 minutes, walk away, but deal with your piles. At that 20 minutes, put your keep stuff away, throw out the trash, take out the donations and walk away. When you're getting triggered emotionally, walk away. And that's what I would have clients do. So as I was um, working with clients as a professional organizer, and when I talk to other professional organizers, because this is a topic that comes up frequently when people have a lot of emotions and are triggered, and they're like, what What are you supposed to do? You give them space. You, you walk away. You're the one that's sort of leading the project and helping them keep on track. You just kindly say, I'm going to give you a minute, and you walk away. And give them a minute, give them a couple of minutes, come back within, you know, a couple of minutes, check on them. And a lot of times they're, they're ready to keep moving on. Sometimes we just need a minute. So just walk away. Don't leave the project. If you do, again, deal with your piles, handle your piles. Don't leave your piles there. But sometimes it might take you a few sessions to get through a box. And, and again, that's something that I certainly experienced too. Completely normal. Okay, so once you start to to go through this process of decluttering, there are some benefits. So number one, and I think honestly, this is the best benefit ever, and it's a sense of accomplishment. And even though I was in a season of life back then where honestly, I felt like a loser. I mean, for lack of a better word, I that's how I felt. I, you know, um, did have a really good life with my ex. Um we just weren't married, meant to be married together for a lot of reasons. But you know, we didn't have a bad life. We had a good life. I was able to do a lot of travel. Um, you know, I was blessed to be able to to be a stay at home mom at times to be with my kids. You know, he has has a wonderful family that I'm still in contact with. You know, obviously the blessing of my two children from that. And then I go and I'm like living with my grandma. (laughs) And can you imagine like starting like the whole dating process to like, oh, can you pick me up at my grandma's house? Um, But then also like, you know, I was, it was hard. I grew up super, super poor. So I've lived in many apartments. So it wasn't like the apartment thing. It was the fact that like, I didn't have a backyard for my kids anymore. There wasn't like, you know, a space where they could just ride their bikes and stuff. It was a really massive apartment complex. And so, you know, I couldn't just let them like ride their bikes in the parking lot or anything. Um, And so it really kind of felt like I had taken a big, huge leap backwards in life and stuff. And just really again, feeling really kind of beating myself up emotionally. So going through this process, I was just looking for anything where I felt like I was accomplished. And just again, creating this space for my children and I helped immensely. 
like I said, just walking by and being like, oh, I have a candle cabinet and it smells so pretty every time I walk by and I love a candle. And, you know, again, not having that much money back then, a candle was like a big treat for me back then. So um, something as simple as that just made all the difference. So acknowledge your accomplishment. Um, give your own self a pat on the back. Um, the other benefit is that you start to form new habits and new routines are formed. So again, so the kids and I were like in this new place and space and new season of life. And I was like, okay, guys, like we have to be better about this. Like we, (laughs) there's not a lot of space or clutter. So trying to get my kids in good routines and space are in uh, habits and myself as well. And then eventually when I, I met my now current husband, we kind of were this little, you know, um, machine operating pretty well, the three of us. So when we joined him and to the picture, or he joined into our picture, we kind of like, I feel like for some reason, like we kind of, it, the transition was uh, pretty easy because he was one single guy. He didn't have any children of his own. And so he was kind of easy to bring in the fold, I guess you could say, because like, yeah, we kind of just had our thing going and stuff. And he was a great fit for that. The other thing that's a great benefit is you get the sense of control. And again, going back to that season of life, I didn't feel like I had control over anything in my life. I just felt like I was reacting to everything. I didn't know what was going to happen next at some time, at some points. And, you know, again, going through this process just really helped me feel like I had a sense of control and also a sense of pride. Again, even though I felt very ashamed to take that step back in life, by the time I moved out out of that little tiny apartment, I was actually, I kind of missed it a little bit. I was really, really proud of of that space the kids and I had uh, created for ourselves. The other thing is that this is like literal and figurative, but you can see things more clearly. Again, going back to the dining table, I had literally wall-to-wall boxes. I couldn't see the floor in a lot of this um, mess. And so as I went through, I was literally able to see things more clearly and be like, oh, we do have room for a little tiny dining table with three chairs. But then also, again, it kind of, you know, gave me the sense of clarity, like, you know what, things are going to be okay. Um, I have a little note, side note here in current. So I um, kind of rotate through, I'm in a big believer in like rotating the spaces that you have to declutter because life just happens. But currently it is my, um, my closet. And it's funny story uh, the other day is that I needed a black tank top. So I have, I know I have a black tank top. And one of the reasons that I hate these felt hangers, I'm not a fan. I only like them for tank tops, but I, you know, you can't just buy like five. You have to buy like a box of 25 or 50. So I, I have some of these felt hangers in my closet. And the reason I don't like them, I feel like they like stuck to, they stick together. And I went through my, I kind of color coordinate my closet. So I went through all my black shirts and I was like, where's the black tank top? I swear I went through it like 15 times, like individually, like where is the black tank top in here? And couldn't find it, had to decide on something else to wear the other day. And then putting away laundry the other day, I was like, oh, it was like standing. It was like a clear as day, but it was like kind of stuck kind of to another um, sweatshirt or something in there. And so what that told me 
is that I have too many black shirts and black clothing items that definitely need to be gone through because they're kind of squeezed together. And so I now know, again, having created new habits and stuff, that sort of triggers me to now say, okay, time to clear out this space because I cannot see things clearly anymore. Um, The other benefit, and this is something I've talked a lot about in the past, there's actually two, you save money because you don't have to run out and go buy things again. I was going to probably eventually go buy another black tank top, but found it, don't need to do that. So that happens a lot, right? Um, I always think of this with moving, um, you know, when it comes to like scissors and tape and box cutters, and you can never find them when you're moving. And so then you have, and that, that stuff is expensive. Like packing tape, I had to buy some the other day. Oh, it just, it's one of those expenses where I'm like, oh, it's so stinking expensive. But anyway, um, you know, when we were doing our big move, I don't know how many times we'd be like, where is the stinking tape? And then one of us would have to run and then, you know, buy more and then we'd come back and find it because we were just like, you know, there's the chaos of moving and stuff. So when you can't find stuff, what do you do? You have to run out or you get on your Amazon app and then you order it. And then lo and behold, it seems like you always find it once that new item arrives. But also saving time. Time is the most precious resource we have. I won't get on my soapbox about that right now, but you all know how I feel about that. The most precious resource we have. And once you are organized, for the most part, you can find stuff. And when it's taking us a lot of time, like it was that black tank top I was looking for, I spent probably 15 minutes going back and looking saying, I know I have one. I know it's clean. I know it's here somewhere. It sucked up some time. And so when we are spending a lot of time looking for stuff, that's less time that we can be used, spent with the people we love and doing the things that we love most in our life. So doing a decluttering, being able to see things more clearly will definitely save you time in the long run. Now, lastly... I want you to be proud of your progress. I want you to share it on social media. I um, saw a post from somebody recently that um, on Facebook and she was, I don't know her personally, but she had just done a, a big purge in her closet and was sharing photos. And it was fun because people were applauding her and liking it. And, you know, she felt a huge sense of pride. So share it, share your progress. Um, And one of the things I would love to do in the membership group, the Facebook group is to give you guys a platform to share your progress, to put it out there and be like, Hey, look, this was really difficult for me, but I went in, I did it. I've made some progress and we want to be proud of you. We want to share in that and be that celebration. And encourage each other. And again, this is something that's really difficult. And I just want to take this opportunity to go out there and tell you guys you're not alone if it's difficult. It's actually more common and more normal than you think. So, all right. So again, take the time. If you guys will go check out Buy Me a Coffee. I don't think you have to like download the app. I don't know. I'm still kind of learning it to be honest. But again, super excited to sort of build this community 
and bring some of you guys together. Um, I, I hear from you guys. Um, I've heard from several of you on the feedback form. That will also be in the show notes. So if you have questions, if you have challenges that you want addressed on this podcast, I am happy to do it. I will do it in one of my listener questions segments or episodes. I've done two so far. And thank you for those who have heard their name on the podcast and like sent me a message. I'm super happy to do that. It'll just be a mention of a first name and where you're from. And like I said, you can give a false name it matters not to me. What matters is that you feel like you're being heard and um, giving some of my just personal advice and from personal experience as a professional organizer. Okay, so that concludes this episode. Again, check out the buy me a coffee. You know, like I said, I would love to start building more of a community, getting the Facebook group up and running. Thank you to those that I've, um, I had some past coaching clients that jumped on some of the Zooms and helped me kind of work out some of those kinks. Thank you so much for that. And give me, fill out that feedback form. Let me hear who you are and what's most important to you and if there's anything that I can help you with. So thank you so much for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.